Welcome to Get in the Herd, a podcast about addiction and recovery brought to you by the McShin Foundation. If you or a loved one are looking for real discussions about addiction, recovery, stigma, advocacy, and most importantly, hope, then stick around. Thanks for joining us. Now sit back and get ready for another great episode of Get in the Herd. Hello, folks. John Schenholzer, live here at the McShen Foundation, and our tonight's guests are spread out all over the place. For those of you who do not know me, I'm John Schenholzer, the president and co-founder of McShen, and I welcome you to this award-winning podcast. I'm also a person in long-term recovery from substance use disorder. For me, that means I've been clean and sober a little over 38 years, really actually 38 and a half, but who's counting? Tonight, we have an incredible lineup. We have the, 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 I don't even know how to describe our CEO, honestly, Lillard, but we got her whole family on on here tonight, or almost all of them, all those that would show up and claim her as their sibling, daughter, mother, or whatever. But we've got a lot of fun tonight, and I don't want to take up any more time. So what I want to do is introduce all the family members so we can get a feel for what we're working with here. And since I already mentioned your name, honestly, we'll go with you first. Sure. I'm honestly a woman in long-term recovery for over 13 and a half years and the CEO of the McShen Foundation and a proud alum of the McShen Foundation. That's the quickest I've ever heard you talk or say anything, man. Welcome to the show. Doug, you're up next, buddy. I'm Doug. I'm a little brother. I've been in the uh, program uh, almost four months now. Oh, I like it, man. Family that stays together recovers together. Dougie, I mean, uh, Diddy. Diddy, you I'm, up next. You got that I'm Diddy. I'm the father of all these women and sons and whatever. <laughs> and I put them all in recovery. Well, I can see you did a good job. So we are done yet. And I see your, your beautiful wife next to you, Derby. I'm Derby. I'm the mother of all these wonderful kids, and I'm honored to be here. What, what, man, I'll tell you what, family night. I love it. Harmony, I'm going to drop down to you. Hi, I'm Harmony McCauley. I am the oldest sister of all of these siblings. Um, so I've uh, been around the longest and seen the most. So looking forward to sharing and being a part of this. You know where all the skeletons are buried. I might go back. <laughs> I can remember them. I'm getting old, John. Yeah, I mean, uh, Zen. Hi, I'm Zen. I'm um, the baby sister, I guess, um, of honesty and ready to buckle up for this fun podcast <laughs> well we're glad you could make it and mikey last but not least i'm mike i'm twins with old doogie hauser right there and then younger brother of superhero honesty bracket or honestly Lillard, excuse me right. and i'm excited to be here tonight i appreciate it well good glad you could make it now you know one thing i've always heard was Honesty, harmony, zen. Now we got Doug, the man who who named all these kids. Doug, how'd you come up with those names, real quick? Uh, don't ask me that. <laughs> I named harmony. Smoking weed, listening to music. <laughs> yeah, I named harmony after Elton John song. I named honesty after a Billy Joel song. I named zen after a Led Zeppelin, well, actually Robert Plant song. So, hey, all, I, I did it, I just did. Look, classic music, classic name, classic people. So it worked out just fine. Now, your family, all you kids, you know, growing up, little cast and drama growing up, you know, Doug, I know you, you worked hard your whole life. And uh, just briefly, what was it like growing up in this family? And Harmony, you're the oldest, so you got the most experience with this. Briefly, you know, what was it like? Oh, oh, wow. That's a loaded question there. Um, so it was loud. It was, uh, we had a lot of fun, John, a lot of fun, a lot of good memories. We still talk about things today. Um, so we were really close. I felt like we were really all really close. Um, even when the boys came along, you know, we were really close. We did a lot together. We had a lot of good memories. Um, and I just, I just look, look back and think about how much fun. And we're one thing I know I can say is we are not shy about teasing each other, making fun of each other, and just like as we had challenges through our life, just being there for each other. It may have made fun of each other along the way, but 
it was always in, in good spirit and um and I, I just have so many great memories you know so in your mind you grew up in this great all-american happy fun family i love it because i'm really setting honesty up for her version of all this zen what was yeah. it like growing up man oh gosh um <laughs> I was the youngest, so uh, I don't remember too much, or at least I, I would say I don't remember it. She was um, a <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I had older sisters that I always wanted to hang out with, so I was either I was going to tattle on you or you were going to let me hang out with you. So, yeah. But, I mean, I probably, you know, for as young as I was at some moments, was exposed to things that probably weren't my age appropriate. Um, but, you know... No harm, no foul there. Um, but, I mean, yeah, uh, we have thick skin, I think. And uh, I think that helps a lot um, through life with our family. And um, and some people don't get it. Um, um, I luckily have a, a husband that has kind of a similar similar family background of just the humor and we can crack jokes. Um but yeah, I would say being the the smallest one um, or the youngest, um, yeah, I saw some things. But you know, but you you got through, and here we are. Tonight. Yeah, that's a good hit. Now I'm gonna jump over to the boys, the twins. I know I don't know Mikey that well, but so Mikey, I'm gonna let you have first crack at this. <laughs> oh, geez, so many memories. <laughs> so, but it was it was loud. And as of today, when you get it together, what you'll see on this podcast, loud. So it was great times, and it still is great times. But, you know, when it got real, it got real, and we wanted to take care of each other. And, you know, it's, you know, you never want to see anybody like that. But we, like everybody is saying, we are happy, happy family when we get together, and we just have you know, the best moments when we are together. So absolutely great. You, you, you being a twin – Twins have a special bond, a special relationship. Am I correct about that? That's what they say. That's what they say? <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. All right, All right Dougie, you're the twin. <laughs> what do they say, man? Uh, well, we got an ongoing joke on the other side of the family because uh, we got some twins over there, too, that uh, it's kind of like yin and yang. You got the good twin and the evil twin. So I ended up being the evil twin. He ended up being the little precious saint twin, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'm I might dispute that a little bit, Doug. That could be a flip flop as y'all got older. Yeah. <laughs> now, 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 before I jump, jump into honesty, Derby, you know, you you kind of married into the family, but they were yeah. all young kids, so you was like this incredible stepmother overnight. What's your take on things from the time you joined the family to now? Um, I, John, I would say this is the most incredibly well-blended family that I could possibly be a part of. We all came from different spaces and different paths. You know, Mike and Dougie came from one place, then you know, the girls came from another, and, and then I joined the family. And of course, Doug's on his own 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 space. So, but, but this, uh, I've never seen a more supportive family of of related members that really gets behind each other when they need to. I mean, no one has ever stopped loving each other. We were, we've always been there. We've had our moments when we've fallen out of grace, and but we've always stepped back up to try to pick each other up and keep each other going. And a lot of that's been, you know, learning through what Ani's been through and what the twins have been through and what each one of us individually has been through. I mean, it's an incredible family force. And I'm, you know, I'm so proud of them. I'm really, really proud. I'm so glad to be a part of this family. And I'm, you know, I have had my challenges. I didn't expect to have six children. You know, I had one in it, and it, but it's been a great gift. That's not bad. Six for one. I mean, yeah, there you go. Pretty good. You know, I, I want to compliment everybody. I got seven siblings, so there's eight kids I grew up, and and I'm telling you, I, I feel the love. I, I mean, this is bigger for me, you know, because I, I know this kind of family when I get around it. So I feel like I'm in in my own family right now. Honesty, what do you got for us? So, I mean, I was high a lot of our childhood. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I mean, definitely, you know, I feel because uh, Derby is our stepmother. I feel like as young children, we were raised a little different than um, most children were and exposed to things that we probably shouldn't have been exposed to, but only due to other people's illnesses and stuff. Um 
could definitely a dysfunction. I truly believe that. But um, when I started using when I was 12, so I was really not mentally present through a lot of the years of a lot of the happy memories. Like I remember things through pictures and I remember, you know, laughing and I, and I definitely know of happy memories, but the, the stuff that I've worked through the trauma and stuff is um, just a little different than probably it's just a different version of what, you know, they have seen because of the stuff. I mean, I started, you know, really heavy drugs, not just smoking weed and drinking, but doing LSD and all of that at 12. Like my son, why y'all know him? he's 11, you know? So I exposed myself to a lifestyle that my family didn't even know about until I overdosed when I was 17. So I have just a different outlook on child childhood. Um, but now in all these years in recovery, I couldn't ask for a better supportive, happy, fun, call you on your crap family. I wouldn't be here if, um, really, I wouldn't be here if Derby didn't know you, John. I mean, for real, I was at literally death's door again. Yeah, let me let me just throw this out there. I've heard, honestly, I've heard you give your story many times. Uh, and I've heard, You can drill it down to like two, three, four minutes. Maybe all the family hadn't really heard it at one time. Why don't you just give us a quick, you know, elevator story on well they have read all of my articles what do you mean um okay my story is i grew up in a little bit of dysfunctional household and i started using drugs when i was 12 no fault of the household just i wanted to be cool i wanted to be liked i wanted to be loved i wanted to fit in so when i started smoking weed and drinking and doing shrooms and lsd i just um, I was a super hippie chick. I loved it. I just, it, it filled a void that I felt like I didn't have um, as a child. And, um, you know, with that came the people that you use with, right? And the, your so-called friends. And once I found heroin at 17 and started using that, my chemical, you know, receptors went off. I fell in love with opiates um, from age 17 to 26. And those last nine years, obviously, I overdosed when I was on heroin. Um, and they can give you their version because, again, they they tell me, you know, what happened and stuff. Um you know, I am an opiate user. I love opiates. So for me to be able to do nine whole years of using heroin and other opiates, I mean, um, definitely I have no question. I didn't hurt anyone in the, these squares. I, you know, even just the, the worry, I, you know, you know that me and you um, help parents practically every day now that have lost a child. So like I'm on the other end of, I knew this was going to happen. I'm on the other end now, right? Um, so, you know, I they tried, you know, all those years, and then I had Destiny in the mix, my daughter, and that was another whole um, stress, anxiety, fear for them, you know, because I was so consumed with uh, opiates, well, specifically heroin. You know, I didn't, I wasn't a mom to Destiny like I should have been until I came to McShen, until I got her back. Um, and Harmony let me live with her uh, when I got Destiny back. And um, I mean, that's the short version now. Life is great. I got a new kitchen and woo. And <laughs> <Woo! laughs> hey, that, that was, I know how that kitchen went. It wasn't like that. I got a new kitchen. Woo! No, I'm yeah. Yeah. Kitchen wow. Wow. Wow now. Four so, months. Four, so, four months. Yeah. So let's drop back just to the kids for a minute. And uh, did you, like, when honestly got into her struggles and troubles, you know, what were your thoughts? Okay. And, and Harmony, you're the oldest. So you probably were there and seen it first, I'm assuming. What were you thinking back when honesty went off the rails? I was really scared. Like I, I grew up. I had a lot of friends that did drugs. Um, I had, you know, people that I knew from school that like had bad things happen. Didn't end up like Ani, um, and making it through. Um, so when I saw that it was happening to her and how serious it was, um, when she first had her first overdose, I didn't really know what to think. Um, I honestly thought she was gonna die. If you want my true opinion. Um, I had already been to one funeral in regards to 
um, an overdose. So, and it was someone that I had been friends with since kindergarten. So for me, like I remember walking into the hospital and seeing her in there and, um, just like, I didn't even really know what to say or do when I walked in because I was just so like happy she was alive. But at the same time, I didn't even know like what was going to happen next, like how she was going to get help and hopefully hoping that she wouldn't end up, you know, in the same fate that some others did. Um, I would say that every time she did good, I was so proud and so excited. And every time we tried something new, I was there to like help wherever I could, you know, I mean, I wasn't living through it, so I, I couldn't really understand her perspective, but I tried to help and offer what I could. But every time she failed, it would just break my heart. Um, and I was just really nervous that like nothing was going to work. But then when she got to McShen and I realized she met all you guys and I actually met a lot of the McShen folks and we played sports together. I just knew, I just knew it was going to work. I just, it was just a different feeling. Um, so for me, it was a journey of back and forth. And like, you know, if you want me to be honest, like I was disappointed every time it didn't work because I always was like, Oh, this is going to work or whatever we tried. Even when Danny and I would meet with certain people and they would say this odd percentage, you know, only 17% of people get through this. I mean, the odds were pretty much against us um, and against Ani. I mean, even one time her tail, she ran away from us. Remember that, Deity? She took off running down the highway. I was like, I can't catch her. Um, there were just things that would happen, John, where I was just like, what else could go wrong? But again, she's she ended up where she's at now, thanks to McShan, thanks to everybody on this call that helped in their own way. Um, but it wasn't easy, and, and I'm very proud of her. I mean, I couldn't be more proud. From the moment I walked in that hospital um, and walked in that room till the moment right now, um, I'm just so proud of her. And now I don't have any tissues in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Then I'm coming across the bottom of my board. You know, what were you think when honesty was going through her struggles? Um, I have, I guess, a little bit different perspective because you know I was younger, so, um, like. I was in and hanging out with her sometimes and driving around with her. And like, she was, I didn't realize, you know, what was really going on. You know, I thought we were having fun and, you know, I got to hang out with her friends and like, I didn't realize she was into heroin or anything to that extent. Um, so at first I didn't really realize, you know, it's, it was that kind of a struggle. Um, I think with the age I was being like 16 and stuff, like it, you know, life didn't really think, I didn't think about it that way. You know, I had how, friends. How old were you? How old were you when Honesty got clean and finally launched? She's two years younger than me. I'm just two years younger. She was 24 when yeah. I was make shit. We yeah. Pretty close together. Yeah. 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 So, like, we hung out and like stuff like that. So, like, I, but I never, like, did, I didn't do drugs and stuff, or I didn't even drink till I was 21. So I was kind of, you know, always just acting like the little baby. But so I didn't know. And, and really it didn't hit me really hard until she had destiny. And that's something that probably hit me the most. Um, I had just finished school, about to start college. And she was living at home and I just had destiny. And, um, you know, that was when I was like, man, this is this is crazy. Like, you know, it's it's real. It's not just like partying or hanging out like it's it's she's she's got a real issue. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it was it's it's crazy to think of it one way as like I was having fun and hanging out. But really, she had this really hard addiction that, you know, you don't some people like to look the other way or don't really know it's happening. And then something real like her overdose and things like that happen. And it's like, bam, and it hits you. So, and yeah. hey, let me, let me uh, throw a hardball out here just for a minute. Okay. When everybody knows when destiny was born, there was an addiction problem there, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, y'all must've been aware of that. You must've been thinking, what the hell, what's this girl doing? You know, uh, Maybe dad, what were your thoughts when Destiny was born and the struggles for that birth? Well, it's funny because, not funny, but we didn't know till a little bit later, I don't know how long, that Annie had used, like, hell, just before the birth. Right, Annie? I used my whole, yep, 
Yeah. So, you know, we're in like all like, we didn't know how bad she was neither. I don't know if we like hid from it or we knew she was struggling with screws up. And I knew she's always been hard headed as hell. So she went, me talking to her is like talking to a wall. You know, she wanted to listen to me. But yeah, we were really worried about Destiny. And I remember like, we were, uh, I remember when she was born, like, honestly was in a room having the baby and we were in a waiting room and she couldn't do any uh whatever she did at the time and she screamed worse than any human being i've ever heard in my life did the hell out of me i had to leave the waiting room because i was in so much pain but i guess she was in withdrawals to be honest with you yeah i went into immediate withdrawal yeah, he was like a nutbag and they asked me do you want to go watch you look at your grandson i said hell no i left i ran i ran from him. i didn't want to see it or he even hear it but then yeah. Yeah, definitely we talked very we were worried about destiny being born with you know whatever addiction or you know they tested they did all this because we didn't know she was you know we knew she was screwed up but we didn't know she was using well, we did. We we found out from a meth from Chuck at the methadone clinic that you were pregnant. On. That's who told us you were pregnant. That's yeah. how we found out. Um, you know, so we knew w- what we were up against. We just didn't know how bad it was all through your pregnancy. So I think that was the scary thing for us. Was you know what w- what were we going to be able to do for Destiny at that point? Let alone you as an active addiction. So you know now not only did we have a mother in active addiction, but now we had an infant that we were worried about. So. And, and you know, Derby, you brought. I was thinking earlier the kids were talking. Honesty's off the chain. You got these other kids you got to worry about. You don't want them to follow her path. Were those thoughts going through your mind? How you run interference on protecting the other kids? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there were so many vacations that we took that honesty wasn't a part of. And, and, and quite frankly, Yanni, I was glad because, you know, it wasn't any fun to be around you when you were like that. And I know that Zai was scared. Um, Zai, you may not remember some of the conversations we had, but when you finally realized what was going on, you really were, you were very frightened. You were scared to death you were going to lose your sister. It wasn't until, really, I believe that Harmony and Zai said we can't do it anymore that Ani finally heard. I mean, it had, it was, it, that was, I think, more so than me or Doug or anybody else in the family telling her that we, because we weren't going to give up on her, but at the same time, how much more could we handle? But I think it's when Harmony and Zai started to give up on her that she started, that's when the shit, that's when the boat started turning. So when the time came for McShin, she was probably more ready at that time because she was realizing that she was losing us. Yeah, I have to say, I was pretty pissed at her. Um, I mean, just seeing the things I saw with Destiny being an infant, and I'm sitting here like I'm like about to go to college. Like, I mean, it was just I was like, this ain't happening. Like, this is crazy. And then I was just really mad at her. Like, I was like, get your shit together. Well, you um, know, it's bad enough. I know there's a stigma to uh, the addicts, alcoholics, addiction. And then when you see these pregnant mothers act out and get your kids going through these traumatic childbirth. It's like a double stigma, and then it's your own sister, your own sibling, a person you grew up with and you love. It, it, it had to have been so much confusion going on inside of you guys. You know, there's yeah. no way to avoid it. Now, the boys, I've been nice to y'all so far, I think. Uh, so briefly, Mikey, you, you've grown up in this family. You see Honesty's addiction. Y'all must have been raised to say drugs are bad, addicts are no good, then your sister becomes one. And then you, you see what she goes through with her childbirth. What's going through your head during this period? I was young, so when they were doing all that fun stuff, uh, take care of honesty, we were kind of in the back corner, like, Mike, go do this. Kids, go outside, you know. So we really didn't get to see honesty's big, really upsetting moments when that stuff was happening. And um, I don't have much memories of being around honestly probably between softball and a few beach moments because you know she wasn't around that much when i was young and to be honest it was just such a mix of the family so fast when i was really young too i didn't know as a young person what really was going on so it was a lot going on personally with my life and then then trying to transition into you know with them and stuff so it was it was tough so I mean, yeah, it was, I, I bet it, because a lot of times, what I, see it, 
what I see a lot in families, the younger kids, they really do get the brunt of some of the uh, dysfunction that takes place. They don't get to participate in what should be happy family stuff because they got to be sheltered, basically. Doug, you grew up just like Mikey, man. What was it like? I mean, he put it best. Like, we didn't get introduced to them until we were, what, like six or seven? Yeah, we didn't know the boys until they were seven. Yeah, until like seven. And then, you know. Oh, you got two brothers. Yeah. Daddy had a little bit of fun. Santa was a good daddy. Daddy liked making babies. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah, family. Eight deaths yet, so I haven't proven that. He's yours. He's yours. You know, honestly, you're hearing your family talk. I know you. I know y'all completely healed and come back together. Other families are watching this. They're gonna watch it. They're going through the same thing. Any any thoughts going on, honestly? Um, yeah. I mean, it's a ton of different thoughts. Yes, we've healed as a family. I think the more longevity of recovery that people have, you you have more time to heal. But sitting here and listening that Zen was scared and like bringing back those memories of like what I did to Destiny. Um, and I'm strong and I've worked through it, but it breaks my heart still. Like it's not gonna ever go away when when I talk about that and especially when I hear the people that I love the most, you know, how bad I hurt them. I mean, I think the reality for the families out there and specifically the people using like this is why i wanted to do this to show family members that you can still heal you can still um not for me not be a good mother and not have my child or be present with her but not be a mother to her have her born you know in which all of heroin you know but now heal that she's a beautiful beautiful smart talented young woman you know because of my recovery and being able to heal that shame because that negative outlook for women, like you said, is still strong, specifically if you're a mother and you're using and, you know, you're trying to get your life together or not. It, it's just difficult. But, um, you know, that definitely, it, I mean, that definitely hurts. I'm not, I mean, it hurts listening to them say all that stuff. I mean, it definitely does. Um, I'm just grateful that I'm in recovery and hopefully I don't ever have to hurt them again. You know, just just briefly, and I'm and I'm have each family member weigh in. You know, here's honesty. So many years clean, help actually bring the Chen Foundation to the level we're at. Works as hard as anybody that I've ever seen work. Chief Executive Officer in line to you know inherit as the succession plan goes by, and you know y'all got to be proud of that. What are your thoughts on on where she was? What you've seen her go through? The seven-year struggle, but where she's ended up today so far, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Dad, I'll start with you first. Well, to me, it's unbelievable because you and me, we grew up, what, the 60s and 70s, and like y'all said, I looked down on people, what honesty was doing. What would we call them? Junkies and stuff like that. And then, like, we can look at old videos and movie uh, pictures of Annie, and she ain't, she's not even the same person. And so when we see her today and I hear her talk very intelligent, I'm like, where'd that come from? Then come <laughs> <Yeah>. dad. <laughs> hey, hey. Who is this damn woman? Who I don't know who the hell is this. this. This woman telling me off and telling me what to do. Now she's smarter than me, of course. Right. You know, she knows everything. But I, I really can't. I think it's because of me how strong she is now. Uh-huh. Yeah, my my wife's like, so smart, we nicknamed her Google. So, yeah. <laughs> Derby, what are your thoughts on honestly where she's been, where she's at? Uh, I think it's 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 been an incredible journey, and I think she is who she is today because of what she's been through. I think every part of her life, every struggle, but every joy has made her into the woman that she is today. And I think you know she needs to celebrate herself every single day because we celebrate her. Um, but it's an education, John. And, you know we've been through this every step of the way. I don't think we've missed much over the years, Annie, with you. And I and I'm very grateful for that today because it's an education for us to understand who you are and how to be whole again and, and not have that stigma there there is no stigma today when it comes to our discussing you Ani and your addiction or you Dougie and your, what you're going through those are things that we're dealing with and that we're proud of you for taking the steps that you're taking to be 
in recovery. I mean, again, you guys have got to know that, that we're, we're, there's no shame here. We love you. We embrace you. And we're here. We've always been tried to be here for you. And I think we've learned how to be, educate ourselves about that over the years, John, because I think that's been important for us. Right. Damn right. Harmony, you know, the right, the fall, the rise, and here she is at the top. Real quick on that, real quick on one of my many a detoxes, Daddy called Harmony. I do remember them telling me this. Daddy called Harmony over to the house to beat me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he not handle me anymore. I was going to kill her. He shut the door to the upstairs with you and me in it while you were undergoing detox and expected me to handle you by your, myself. And you were going absolutely bonkers. And, he's, and, I, and he said, don't worry, I'm going to call Harmony because she'll get her straight. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mechanicsville detox system of care at work right there. And over. Yeah. Harmony. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was one time Auntie did beat my ass. Uh, oops, I'm sorry, Kimmy. That's a Netflix But uh, when I tried try to get in front of her derby, so you're all right about the bonkers. At least you didn't get any swings at you. Um, so I would say absolutely proud. Like from the moment that like we were realized it was a problem until now, like I couldn't be more proud. Like like Daddy said, I think he said it hit it on the nail. Like she's just a completely different person. Um, never in my wildest dreams that would I think that she would accomplish all of this, not because I didn't think she could do it, but just because what she was suffering through and the challenges I knew it would be to get here. Um, she's amazing. Like she's not only seen, I mean, anytime anyone asks me anything about, they have a family member that's struggling, they have, um, even if it's not even fully related to like a drug addiction, any kind of addiction, I say, you know, you got to talk to my sister, you know, she'll hook you up. She, she'll help you. She'll figure out who can help you. Um, I mean, I'm just so proud to be able to do that and recommend her. Um, and I'm just, I just can't, I can't express how proud I am of her for not only rising above and, and becoming, you know, um, in recovery and healing herself, but helping others. Like, I just think that's amazing. Like if more people can do that, I think it, more people will be healed and more people will get better. Um, and at least have a better support system. Um, also she kicks ass. I mean, she's like athletic and in shape. I mean, it's just insanity. Like, and she's a great mom. Uh, I know we've talked about a lot about the past, but I think, you know, she really should celebrate, you know, like Derby said, like she's come a long way, not just with helping herself, but I just love that she helps everyone else. And like I said, I send people her way all the time. Good for you. Zen. Oh yeah, man. She's simply the best. <laughs> 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 David, David. Um, I no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, she, she's just awesome. Like, all together. Like, I mean, for being a little younger when it was all happening, to like seeing it now, and then to also like get to participate in things like this or come to her um, anniversary, things like that. Like that is where you truly get to see the people she's helped. So seeing that firsthand is just every time it just fills me with grateful, you know, emotions that, you know, she's here, she's alive and she's just killing it, you know? Um, so nothing but positive, you know, vibes on that. And, I, I couldn't be more proud of her. Good for you, Mikey. I am super stoked to call Honesty Lillard my sister because, whoa, <laughs> it's really, really grateful to be her younger brother because of the people I'm in construction, and they'll tell me, like, they'll have issues or they're going through something, and I'll be like, well, my sister, Honesty, and they're gonna like, oh, my gosh. That's that's your sister. I'm like, yeah, and like that's really, really in a good way because she's famous not because she wants to be one of them selfie picture Snapchat folks. It's she's famous because she's helping people and she's known for helping people through the East Coast. And I hear that y'all go to California or wherever y'all been across the states, and it's really, really awesome and amazing because you know, young. She was not nearly the same person. If I saw her then to now, I'd be like, who is this and who is that? Because like they're saying, just really different. I'm so grateful that she gets to see her daughter grow up the way she is and just every birthday and then has another son. I mean, just another child. I, it's a great family that she has built because of her struggles and making this happen. And with a great, you know, support from you and the family and just 
it's really incredible what y'all have done, and I'm grateful for Mick Well, she she's an incredible hope dealer. That's how I sum it up. Honestly, he's a hope dealer. Plain Let me interject real quick because I'm sitting here looking at Annie and Dougie, and I just love this picture I'm looking at. Amen. They're happy, they're smiling. I mean, <laughs> and we are very close family, and the things they both miss, like Dougie's missed some stuff the last few years because his problems, and Annie missed a lot of stuff. But we'll get together and, like, we don't hold back. And, it, and the thing I like is how much we laugh at each other, just laugh. Like, make, I mean, they dog each other to the quick. <laughs> Nobody cares. And, you know, it don't hurt anybody's feelings. But just to see them two together, right. you know, my heart's pumping pretty good. And I'm old now, so I might have a stroke. But let me help the viewers out on this. Dougie, I know you love your sister. I know you're very proud of her. I know you're thrilled to death to be sitting next to her in her new kitchen. Yeah. But, uh, like, Dougie, yeah, Dougie, you, uh, you recently – we're on death doorstep, okay? I've, I've been following the saga of Dougie now for several years, and the whole family has tried to assist you and help you and give you good information and do whatever. You know, clearly you, you weren't going to make it. You almost died from substance use disorders. And the moment came where you, you, you said, yes, I need help. Honesty was there. No questions asked. We do what we do for really anybody, so don't think you're any special. I got 130 Dougies over here right now. But, but I mean, there's got to be some special connection and feelings going on there. I mean, there absolutely is. Uh, she, she was the one I talked to the most while I was up, uh, you know, after I woke up in the ICU, just not even knowing where I was at all. Um, I got some information from her. I talked to the nurses and stuff like that. And uh, she was my first call, to be honest, once I realized, because they, they told me going in when I first woke up, I, I was in there for pneumonia. I talked to Ani, and yeah, that <laughs> was a great, great conversation. Uh, I, I, I remember that. You were trying to tell honestly, look, what's wrong with me is I got pneumonia. I'm not all messed up. It's pneumonia. And I'm thinking, it's so classic, man. Ani was pissed. Oh, mad. I, was I haven't pissed. seen her that pissed in a long time. Ani was uh, hot. She, was she like, called me two or three times oh. a day, and she would tell me, I can't talk to him anymore, Daddy. I can't. If I see him, I'm gonna punch him in his damn head. <laughs> I mean, she was going off. Then she called him in the making. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so frustrating. Like it's been three hard years of all yeah. of us trying to help Dougie with his alcoholism, and then the past year, really, really hard, where it was just kind of me still holding on to like there like some glimpse of hope because I live it and I see it and I know people can get it right so when he was laying in the hospital bed with tubes down his throat and not breathing on his own and then I caught, finally talked to him after four days of talking to his doctors <laughs> and they said and didn't mention a word about pneumonia he still will argue with me but then he's like yells at me and then I go ballistic. I'm like, this MF, I just went, I just couldn't because it's like, you know how frustrating it is, John. It's like you want to shake them, you want to, you know, and then I'll never forget I was sitting back in my bedroom and he called me and he said, can you come get me tomorrow? And I literally got in my car. Um, Actually, you called me the next, I was at Chesterfield House, just finished group with the girls, and I said, I'm getting in my car, and I went to Warrington, Matthew Connor rode with me to go get him, and he's been here ever since. Yeah, hey, you know, Mikey, you and Dougie were very close at one time, right? Yeah, he was super close. Yeah, dude, what were you excited to hear? Dougie got in recovery and get his life straight. Here's the thing: you're in recovery. I understand you're trying to make yourself better, but it's not just I'm in recovery. I'm good. I know people for years that go through this years and years and years, and I've heard it every day. You never fully recovered. So it's a long road ahead. And I'm super, I am grateful. I'm super grateful that um, he got out of the hospital and everything like that. And he was still being an asshole, even though coming straight out of the hospital, but he was alive. And the next day, I guess, honestly, he texted me and, um, 
Eagles landed or something like that. But um, yeah, I, got, I, I remember that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she did. She said, super, super super. Oh yeah. Hey, that, so that, 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 that assholeness you spoke of—that's like a DNA thing. So this don't beat Doug. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. I want to go out on a limb here because I spent a little time with Dougie, you know, the first 30 days he was here. We, we had a few meals together. We kicked it. And I've been around a lot of newcomers, Mikey, and I've heard a lot of shit from a lot of people. And, and I'm speaking to you from the heart right now. But I think one of Dougie's most bothersome things that was bothering him, will I ever get the love of my brother Mikey back? Because I know I heard him so bad. And, and we had such a wonderful relationship. And that was a big deal for Dougie to share that with me. And I thought one day maybe, you know, y'all can have that conversation. But I really believe Dougie's in a good trajectory right now. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, you feel what I'm saying, Mikey? No, I hear you. I felt, and I, felt it for, I felt it for years. This ain't three years for me with Dougie. This is a long time I've been slowly seeing him up, down, up, down. And, you know, you get you can only open your heart or open your 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 eyes for so long or close your eyes i don't even know the words but either way it's just uh, you see him do what he does it's like a smack in the person's face who's trying to help him and y'all know that what i mean by that and it's just i mean i i will admit like i given up on trying to open myself and i had to make sure like not to get back in there to hurt myself because you know i have my own life so i can't be held back with somebody else's problems if that makes sense and i'm still you know it's a recovery for me too through this situation totally you know you know his his disease educated you you know gave you your your training you know on the job and and vice versa dougie i mean how you feeling right now buddy um to be honest, uh, I mean, like you said, that my biggest thing that's pushed me here and uh, is to get my brother back, get just get my family back in general, in general, because uh, they all, except for Ani, for the most part, um, had basically uh, excommunicated me for uh, me just acting a fool, basically, and just ignoring what they were saying and just. Uh, not really paying attention to my actions, how it was affecting them and whatnot. And it took a, took a while for me to really realize it. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, the best I can hope for is try and try and get back to where we were at that as we were a few years ago. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not very good at this. I'm not good at You're not good at talking. You're right. You're on the right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing what you're doing. You Only keep if you disagree. Yeah, keep showing up in my office regularly. You're going to be all right. Derby, the smartest one in the bunch here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, hey, I, I, I got a, uh-uh, she married me, so you got to. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to against her. I can weigh in on that for, for, for you, Mike. As you know, Mike, it, it doesn't take it, it. I mean, trust can be broken overnight. It takes a long, long time to build trust again. You know, Zai and Harmony did not trust Ani overnight. You know, it took us all a really long time to believe in her again. But we did it one day at a time. We followed her path. We supported her. We listened and we learn, but, but, you know, it, this, this healing process takes time, but that's what we're doing. We're healing. Even tonight is a huge healing experience for all of us to be able to sit here and talk like this, look each other in the eyes and tell each other that we love each other. That's critical for all of us as a family, but you know what? It takes time. Mike, you're okay. Dougie, you're okay. One thing at a, day, at a time, one day at a time, and you guys are going to be all right. But Remind, remind yourselves. I mean, Harmony, you can share how you know, how long did it take for you to understand and believe in Ani again? Oh, I think I just said earlier, it was a long journey, Derby. Mm -hmm. um, heartbreak and uh, excitement. And same for Dougie. Um, I have to say, like, yeah, I mean, I can I understand Mike's perspective. Um, but it makes me so sad to hear um, some of this because... <clears throat> Yeah, with Ani, it did take a while. Um, and But with Ani, I felt like I didn't know when she was going to hit rock bottom. And then I didn't know if something new was going to work. And I was, like, just hoping all the time. And then finally, I knew that she found something when she found McShin. With Dougie, I was so much ner I was so nervous that he – I was like, when is his ass going to hit rock bottom? 
Like, what is going to make him? He, and he's so damn stubborn. I mean, just look at him right now laughing and smirking at me. <laughs> so, just like, he's yeah. so stubborn. And I was just like, what else is going to happen? And I was trying to, in my mind, which I shouldn't have been doing, compare it to Ani. Like, she felt like she was always, like, asking for help or wanting help. And Dougie was more like, well, you, you guys, like, like he kind of just said, like, you guys just let, let you know, what did you say? Excommunicated or whatever word you use. But it was more like kind of gave up. And and I know we weren't doing that. I know we did stuff to try to help him. I know I did personally. Well, I know what I was getting at. Yeah, but th- I know. But I'm just saying, like, um, I know what you're saying, Dougie. Like, you felt that way. And I understand that. Um, but I was over here kind of thinking, like, when is he going to hit rock bottom? Hopefully he'll go to McShann. I mean, I said that all the time to Ani. I was like, mm-hmm. and she, I would give her tons of credit. She did not give up. She was, like, determined that she was going to get him help and hey, get let me, him. Yeah, let, me, let me add a little content to this conversation. You know, I'm in my office. I got a new guy over here watching, him and his girlfriend almost. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, his brother passed away right after Thanksgiving, this past Thanksgiving. Uh, we got Jill Chickowitz watching. She's one of our biggest fans. And we do the night for Scott. Jill had a twin brother who passed away. And uh, I know Jill worked diligently to try to help her brother. So I don't think there's no you know, foul there on trying to help your family member. Not everybody makes it. But I would bet my left arm that Jill wished she could be in a family meeting right now with her brother there, mm-hmm. being part of this conversation. So all around us is success stories, you know, sad stories, and everything in between. And that's why I think these podcasts are so important. We have these conversations. You know, the more content we can push out to the masses, hopefully one day recovery becomes the epidemic and not the addiction or the drugs. So you guys, you're strong, you're honest, you're, you're courageous. We're having this conversation. I really appreciate it because, you know, that that's the benefit and the value here. And uh, Jill just commented, I, I would do anything to, to, to go back. Tears are streaming as I write this. And, and, and Jill, I'm, I'm feeling it right now, and, and I do understand. And uh, I think some people's journeys helps other people's journeys who are still journeying. So, we, you know, we value this. You know, honestly, you, you're a very wise person, I think. You know, uh, uh, you know, got some other things I ain't going to bring up, but you're wise. You know what I mean? You understand this. You know, what are your thoughts right now? Um, first, I'm gonna, I love you, Jill. I love you so much. Um, you know, I get it, Mikey. Like, I get, you know, the pain and the hurt. Um, I get the frustration. I understand it. I lived, I've, I have lived both ends, right? Um, but I just, I think, you know, when I tell my story, and not even just tell my story, but when I think about, that last day that I used, when I think about Derby coming over to our apartment that we were evicted of, you know, what for three, my husband's over here for like three months and no one ever came to take us out. Like, you know, this is, Daddy told me, I'll never forget. He told me, I said, I'm dope sick. I'd rather die. He said, okay, and hung up the phone in my face. Harmony and Zen weren't talking to me. You know, so I was really in Dougie's shoes the same as he you know, was before he came to McShen. Derby showed up. She knew John. This was like my, to be honest, I only wanted to get Suboxone and detox off of heroin. I didn't want nothing to do. John knew a doctor. So I was like, okay, I'll go so I can get the medication. And then look what happened. I lived there for five months. So it's okay. Like we have valid feelings, but we have to work through those feelings. Like family, I truly believe is first, you know, in all areas of my life, you know, I have to put Adam and the kids in, in, you know, whoever else, my sisters and everyone first, um, right right below my recovery you know and we only get this one family right like we can make friends we can have our work friends we can have whatever but like god gave us this family you know we didn't choose these humans someone else chose for us well derby did yeah (laughs) derby did oh yeah derby did excuse me uh well she didn't know what she was getting into i don't know right 
But, um, but for real, like the healing happens, like I didn't even trust myself, you know, for a long time in, in early recovery, you know, I knew one day I was going to use again. And I knew one day that I was going to drink at least because I was old enough to drink. And then when recovery, that's right, Joe family forever, like when recovery started really happening, and I started having those hope dealers around me, that's when I had to heal myself like Dougie has to do. Like Dougie has a lot to work on you know and and we have conversations and we've been having conversations for a while and i know he feels you know all of y'all's pain and i and i don't have any question of that um but also you know just kind of take a step back and give you know him the grace enough you know he finally is here like for, yeah. for one i mean damn yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. know, i love it yeah. Him calling me that day, he could have went back to that trailer. He didn't have to call me. He could be still doing what he was doing. So what recovery teaches me is like have empathy for those that are at least trying. And it's not a miracle fix and it's not an overnight, okay, like you, Danny and Derby, they didn't give me a key to like their house or the beach house for like three years. Like I didn't have any of like, oh, well, I thought I was like, you know, in early recovery, you know, if they I mean, didn't ask me, I'd have said, don't do it. <laughs> but anyway, it's a, it's a, like a process. So our disease of addiction is a process. What Dougie did all these years, that was a process for him. Right. So it's going to be a healing process. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, but McShin is really good at healing the families. I mean, look at this family here. So everyone in this whole call including john has helped me heal and help this family heal so now it's our turn to do that for dougie yeah i'm so i just want to say i'm so proud of dougie like honestly dougie like you don't know how happy i am that you're a machin um just Maisie was talking to me the other day when you came after you came for thanksgiving about how she missed you and she hadn't seen you in so long and i know you barely have you know starting your relationship to meet morrison um so it just made me feel really good to tell her that you were with Ani and she knows a little bit about him. She's very young, but um, I'm just really proud of you, Dougie. Like when you came for Thanksgiving, me and Scott, my husband talked about it and we were just so excited that, I mean, I felt like it was like old times to me. Um, I know, like Ani said, you got you got stuff to, to figure out and you, you have a journey of your own, but I just wanted you to get off this call knowing how proud I am of you and how excited I am that you're taking these steps. You know, we're, we're, we're running kind of at the top of the hour, but I wanted to clean something up here. When Honesty came to McShane, her boyfriend followed her. We don't want to talk about that. I, I know. <laughs> but, oh, you'll be proud of me for this one. When I saw the boyfriend, I, I looked at him, <laughs> and I told him, I said, the best thing you can do for Honesty is go back up to the nearest bridge and jump off of it, right? He did. And, uh, I ain't never been so wrong about a prediction in my whole life. So yeah. normally I'm pretty accurate, but but I really told me my picker was broke. Hey, <laughs> I'm now married to a CEO. Do you, John, do you realize how many batteries Adams bought because he'd come by and see me? I need some money right. for a battery. Yeah. <laughs> have got them all in the shape too. Well, I mean, it, I'm talking about lightning striking twice in the same spot. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, but. Uh, so, Mikey, I was watching your face when people were talking, you know, and I could definitely see you had some thought going on. We're about out of time, but I just wanted you to, any thoughts you wanted to share, you, you could share. I mean, the biggest thing is, is like, um, well, I mean, it takes me a while for to process stuff and it, talking about Dougie and how, what he's been going through and all that stuff. But um, the biggest thing that just hits, hits me and I can't hide it, is the night that I got the call when he was, it wasn't a call from the hospital. It was a call from the sheriff's department saying he was in the hospital. And I'm like, they didn't say he was in the hospital a lot or dead. And you know, the worst things happen in your mind when you think worry. So it, it's just, it's hard. And just a lot, lot, lot to recover from on my part from the past. And, but Dougie, you have a superhero right next to you. You couldn't be more luckier, and I know people keep telling you that, than to have someone like Honesty next to you, dude, who's your sister, and you better listen to her and stop being so dang stubborn. Hopefully you're listening to John as well. So it's just, it's, I, I'm looking forward to seeing his future. Yeah. So. Gang, 
we just, we're gonna have to do real quick last words. You know, I'll go I'll go with honesty first. Um, well, I just want to thank everyone for opening up your hearts, you know, doing this job. And I don't even, I don't even, this career, this life for me, you know, walking in my purpose, you know, it is hard. It is hard. Uh, John's doing a memorial tomorrow for a young lady that just overdosed and died a couple weeks ago. You know, the, the parts of like when I feel like helping the individual with addiction is one thing and I got that and I can do that, but like, trying to help these families that struggle like really gives me um gives me so much empathy and just love you know and i feel like um to be able to be in that place you know i i truly believe all those years of me using and derby knowing john i just felt like this was just the final ditch effort for me and then i mean i knew i was gonna die i knew I one of the quick word man <laughs> <laughs> Doggy, quick word. We have four minutes. I'm grateful. You're grateful, Derby. Quick word. He's not. He just said he was grateful. Yeah, <laughs> I just have all of the families that it's hard because we feel so responsible for our loved ones, but at some point, there's it's their responsibility to do their part too. And I'm I'm so proud of Dougie for doing his part now, and for Ani for having done her part over the years. But it's a balance. It's it's really hard for family members, and I, we get it. We understand it, and and we you know we appreciate the hardship in the journey all right back to you dougie quick word <laughs> i'm just grateful to have a family like this and like my brother said to have a, such a supporting sister who's been through it and i can get some guidance and uh everything from her and i just hope to build back the relationships like i said that i had broken on all the mistrust and uh just the toll it's been putting on me and been putting on them it's weighing on me since i've sobered up and just can't wait to get back to family trips and everything like we used to well, a, a word of advice to you is listen to the people who love you the most and do what they suggest. Diddy, last word. Uh, I was just wondering, I was thinking right here, why Dougie called Annie that night instead of me to come get him. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> well, that's obvious to me why he called her. Diddy, Dougie, no, he kept saying, you got to call Annie. You got to, she's the only one that can help you. Call Annie. Yeah, exactly. Harmony, last word. I'm just, you know, I don't want to take up too much. I, I definitely am just grateful um, for McShane. I'm grateful for the support that Dougie and Ani are, are both getting. I'm grateful they have each other. Um, I'm grateful that she can help Dougie from what she's learned. Um, and I'm grateful to have this family and for everyone to come together and share. And I most most importantly, I love the work, John, you and Ani do. Um, and I hope it, it helps others, even if they just laugh at us on this podcast and, and think we're crazy and dysfunctional. It's okay if we are. Because we're all happy and we're going to be here for each other. We and Dougie, all look alike. You will build, you will build, you will build back those relationships, Dougie. It's, it's going to take time. Then, last word. Um, I just have like feelings, like families that go through this. It's a roller coaster of emotions. Like you hate each other, you love each other, you joke with each. I mean, it just is a roller coaster of emotions. And like, I can't ever be in an addict shoes and. And so it's just you got to have a lot of open perspective and realize you only get one family and, you know, don't be resentful and just ride the journey out together and you stay strong. You know, before we move on, I want to read a post Debbie made, Debbie Harwell. She says, my brother has been living in recovery since November 2012, and I love him. But honestly, I still sometimes wonder when he will relapse. It's hard as a family member. I have to walk out and trust the issue every day and put that fear away. So really, we each have our journey in recovery to walk. The person in recovery and us family mm -hmm. members too. Debbie, yeah. that was so well put, man. Well, yeah, Debbie. You know, yeah. we, we, we as addicts, we, we really ruin our families for life, you know. But at the same time, we can still have a wonderful life as we go through it. All right, Mikey, you get the last word. That ain't no BS either. I'm super grateful. Uh, I love this this uh, video I see right here with them two together. See my my dad, my mom, and Harmony, Zai, and just grateful that Dougie gets the experience and rebuild everything and just rock and roll and kick kick it out of the park. I see it. 
Yeah, look at you missing, man. Look at the, this shit, man. You've been missing this. All you right, hey, look, man. You guys, you got, you got time. All right, hopefully, you know. So, but man, we're so glad people tuned in tonight. I think it was a marvelous show. My hats off to the Bracket family and all the other names y'all picked up along the way, and uh, I'm proud to be part of McShannon. And this is to me one of the shining moments of our career. So. Thank you all very much for coming. Y'all check our schedule for upcoming podcasts, and uh, we will see you later. More we Thank you, John. Thank you, John. Uh, my name is Shannon Lance. I'm currently here in recovery at McShin Foundation. Uh, I got out of jail on January 10th, 2021, and while I was incarcerated there, uh, my mother passed away to, due to COVID uh, complications on December 14th. Uh, it, was a, it was a really challenging event in my life. Uh, while I was incarcerated there, I, I watched the recovery videos and the podcast on the tablets there, uh, you know, that was made by the McShin Foundation. Getting the Herd podcast is really made me feel like I was a part of something on the outside because, you know, there's people that are commenting and just seeing you know, people that I was incarcerated with uh, on the videos and just thinking, man, you know, that's that's gonna be me, you know, before too long. And, you know, I'm gonna be sitting there in them rooms and, you know, be able to be a part of the podcast and get in the Herd series. And, you know, now I'm a part of the Herd here at McShin and it's, it's an amazing feeling. And it's it's nice having a, a fulfilled sense of hope in my life currently. And uh, just to live one day at a time and just to have, positive feelings in my life and good relationships with you know my family and friends is uh is an amazing event.